Hey everybody, welcome into Mic'd Up with Kaylee Mizell, brought to you by International Diamond Center, your local diamond experts since 1981. I'm Kaylee Mizell, and this week is what I like to call a double debut. Yes, you're getting two episodes of Mic'd Up with Kaylee Mizell. This week, we had the Ryan McDonough episode earlier this week. Be sure to listen to that. I talked to Ryan McDonough about his relationship with Pat Maroon, Zach Bogosian, fatherhood, and so much more. Be sure to listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and definitely subscribe. And in today's episode, I talked to Bally Sports' Pete Blackburn. We talk about pop culture, the lightning, any deals that the lightning should make before the deadline, and so much more. Thank you so much for listening. And here's my conversation with Pete. To start, take me back to a young Pete Blackburn. When did you know that you could make a living watching hockey and talking about hockey? I think that I'm like still unsure how long I can do this. <laughs> and, and like, it just feels very, uh, you know, everybody in the, in the media knows that, you know, it, it's not forever for a lot of people. So it, I try to stay in the moment and be appreciative of, of being able to do it right now. Um, I don't know when the moment was that hit that was like, oh, okay, I'm going to be able to do this. But I knew from a young age that I wanted to. I knew, um, you know, as soon as I started, I was really good at sports when I was like five to seven, eight years old. And then everybody else started getting bigger and growing and getting stronger. And I stayed like the same. I kept the body of a five-year-old for about like 10 years too long. Uh, and then at that point, I was like, okay, a future in sports is probably not in the cards as far as playing or being an athlete. And I'm probably not smart enough to coach or be like in management or something. So I have to find a way to parlay like my personality and uh, being like a pretty good writer into uh, like a career in writing and, and talking about sports. So I worked on that for a pretty long time. Like in, in high school, I w was like writing for the high school newspaper. Um, and, you know, once I got to college, I started a blog and, and did a lot of that. So um, kind of just was getting my hands dirty from a pretty young age in terms of actually commentating and talking about sports. Yeah, I, I certainly understand what, what you're saying with the media. And also, you, I mean, you at least had a period of time in your life where you were athletic. I, I don't think I ever uh, had that period of time. So uh, I was Too like, well, day. yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be doing that. It's not really possible for me. Uh, I, I definitely understand that and can, can mesh with that. Uh, so I heard you talking on the rally the other day and, and, I'm not going to say I have a bone to pick with you, but I am going to ask you a few questions about it. You said you're, you're pretty hot on the abs, right? So yeah. coming from Florida, covering the lightning, your, your big stat that you were saying is that the abs only recently lost two in a row. And you have to go back all the way to like November to, you know, the last time that they had lost two in a row. My counter to you, sir, is that the lightning for the first time lost two in a row this whole season in regulation throw that little caveat in there uh why aren't you as hot on the lightning as you are on the, on the abs i am high on the lightning i've been high on the lightning almost all year long it, that's a nice little caveat that you threw in <laughs> lowered your voice a little bit to say in regulation uh this was overall for the the abs and the abs went on an absolutely insane tear 
Uh, I believe you're taking that a little bit out of context <laughs> because the question was, who has got a better chance of making it to the Stanley Cup final, the Avalanche or the Carolina the Hurricanes? Hurricanes. Yep. Nowhere in that question were the Tampa Bay Lightning mentioned. Uh, I, I really like the Lightning, and uh, I actually said it in this week's par- uh, power rankings that I wrote for Valley Sports. Uh, it feels like, for some reason or another, that the Lightning are flying under the radar this year. And I don't know if it's because like people have lightning fatigue after the last two years, they're obviously back-to-back Stanley cup champions. I don't know if people are tired of, of talking about them. I don't know if it's because um, the, you know, the mindset is, well, this team has got worse over the off season. So they're not quite as good as they've been for the past few years. Maybe we should sort of overlook them a little bit, or, you know, maybe they're just more exciting teams to a lot of people around the league, but, uh, it seems like that the, uh, the lightning are kind of flying under the radar a little bit and not necessarily being taken lightly, but not being held to the same esteem that they've been in the past few years, which I think they absolutely should because they are arguably the best team in the Eastern conference. There we go. Yeah, I, I, you're right that everything that you said is, is very fair. Um, but realistically, Right. You, you did say, you know, you think that they're one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Right. But if they were to make a yeah. move before before the trade deadline, what would you like to see them add? What do you think is maybe a weakness in their game where they could, uh, you know, maybe pick somebody up and help out? I think you're probably you probably want to see a little bit of secondary scoring added uh, at the deadline. I mean, Obviously, they have Andre Vasilevsky in net. Their their back end is pretty strong. Um, you know, you've you've got uh, a, a really good team there in terms of foundational pieces and pillars that have stuck around throughout uh, the past handful of years that have made them uh, perennial contenders. And a lot of those pieces are still there. But what you did lose over the off season um, was the depth factor. And that's not to say that they don't have depth. I just don't think it's as strong as it has been over the past few years. And really, when you look at why the Lightning were able to get over the hump and win back-to-back Stanley Cups, it's you know the, the deadline acquisitions of Barclay Goudreau and Blake Coleman. Like That third line that they had was, I think, one of the biggest reasons why they were able to kind of elevate themselves above everybody else was because that third line was so good and so dominant. And so... That's taken a step back a little bit, and um, you know if you can if you can pick up a little bit of depth in terms of the forward group, I think it would help them sort of regain the lost returns that they uh, they had to deal with over the uh, over the summer. Yeah, I mean that's a fair point. They lost that entire line. You know, Barclay Goodrow, Blake Coleman, Yanni Gord. They lost that entire line, and and that was like you said a, a very crucial line. It was a workhorse line, you know. They they were able to get out there, forecheck, you know, play very very annoying hockey, right, and get it up in other guys' faces, and it really allowed, um, you know, they scored some goals, but also like allowed their other lines to be able to do what they do. That's Look- the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. Like I think that the biggest separating factor between a like true true Stanley Cup contender and some of these pretenders is the third line because that's the line that you throw out there most of the time. That's the, t- the line that you throw out there to just neutralize the other team's best, best scoring line, best talent. And if you take them out of the equation, 
and then get your favorable matchups the rest of the way. Uh, and when your favorable matchups, when you're the lightning and your favorable matchups include like Braden point, Nikita Kucherov, Steven Samkos, it's, it's very hard to compete with that. So uh, the, having a third line that can at least neutralize. And then on top of that also produce that, that gives you a huge leg up on pretty much everybody else. So right now the, the lightning third line, they call themselves the school bus line, Corey Perry, Pat Maroon, uh, Pierre Edouard Belmar. If they, if they don't make any, trades right if nothing happens what do you want to see from that line again i think it's, it's got to be just you know you got to neutralize i don't think that uh, that the expectation of that group of guys given where they are in their career like they're not going to light up the scoreboard or anything but you want to see hard strong uh difficult annoying hockey from those guys especially uh, you know, Corey Perry and Pat Maroon, they just have like this reputation of being guys that you love to have in your room, but oh man, they're amongst the most annoying guys to play against. And that's huge, especially in the Stanley cup playoffs. Like I know that analytics is, is like a, um, you know, it's gaining more importance. And I think people are starting to realize that how valuable the analytical tool can be. And, you know, I, I, I love using that as a piece of, of analyzing the game, but there definitely is this element that, that you can't put on paper for guys to just go out there and be so annoying to play against and give, give sleepless nights to uh, an opponent, especially over the course of a seven game series where you're really dreading having to deal with those guys night in and night out. Yeah. I like the way that you put that, you know, just giving, giving guys some sleepless nights, giving almost like a nightmare line. Like I just don't want to face you again. This is so frustrating. Um, yeah. And I think that that, that is definitely a piece that the lightning had that. And they added in, you know, I think one of the things that kind of like allowed them to, to, you know, get over that hump is they just added in some pieces of physicality as well. You know, they added in, a, you know, guy, guys like Bogosian and, and Pat Maroon. And those guys added an element of you're not going to do that to us that maybe they didn't have previously. Right. They were always fast. They were always talented. They always had guys that were able to pass and score and, and find space. But when those guys came in, that was my first year covering the team and, and asking people a lot of questions like, hey, what's the biggest difference between last year and the historic you know, season that they had and this year? And they all pointed to those guys. Th those guys are yeah. a pretty big difference maker. Yeah, I mean, that first round series against Columbus after the historic season, you, you saw it in game one. Things started to go wrong uh, after, I believe, uh, first intermission or second intermission. Um, and they kind of, the team just seemed to kind of lay down. And I, I feel like there has even been a shift in John Cooper's mentality where like he seemed kind of timid uh, during that series. And it was like, man, you're, you're losing control of this team and losing control of like a historically good and talented roster. And you, you just seem to be laying down to a inferior blue jackets team that is playing you tough and kind of just hitting you in the nose and you're taking it. And then from that point on, you know, they added a little bit of that, uh, that bite and it was no longer the team that will just get hit in the nose and take it. Uh, it you know, obviously the skill and the talent was always there, but there did seem to be a nastiness to the lightning over the past few years that did not exist prior. Yeah, certainly. Okay. Switching gears a little bit. 
a little bit more about you and less about the lightning. You talk a lot about pop culture. You have a pop culture podcast, right? Um, what what are a few maybe like bad or hot uh, pop culture takes that you have? Ooh, putting you on the uh, spot there. Hot pop. Uh, one that came up recently, and I don't know how hot it is at this point, but like because uh, Better Call Saul uh, just released its trailer for the last season yesterday. Well, I don't know when this is coming out, but it 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 came out. Uh, the trailer came out this week that we're recording, and. Uh, I believe that Better Call Saul is the best show on TV right now, and I think that if it sticks the landing in the final season, it will be uh, one of the best TV shows of all time, and it will be better than Breaking Bad. Um, I loved Breaking Bad. I think it's one of my favorite shows of all time, but uh, Better Call Saul is one of the very few shows that I can confidently say to this point has gotten exponentially better with every season the longer it's been on TV. And uh, it the performances are unbelievable. The story is unbelievable. And I think that it does more with a limited constraint than any show that I can really remember in a, in a long time. Okay, I'm going to push you a little further on that. So I, I watched Breaking Bad. I loved Breaking Bad. Uh, like you said, and, and so many people have said, it, one of the greatest finales and endings to a show that I can remember um you know actually like living through and like enjoying in the moment I never watched I never I, I haven't watched a single episode of Better Call Saul not That's a single out. episode it, it, it sell takes me on a little it. while to yeah. get going it takes a little while to get going there's a there's a storyline in the first season and a half that I found a bit annoying um and it uh it bothered me a bit and i was you know if they had kept going with it i may have checked out but there was enough to keep me invested and then once they got past that certain storyline it really took off and it, it skyrocketed and i would put the last season of better call Saul, i believe it's season four uh up there with any season of tv that i've ever seen it's uh like the most tense and gripping season of television it is like an almost to an uncomfortable uh, uncomfortable point where you are so tense the entire time that uh, it reminded me of like the final season of Breaking Bad where you're like, oh my God, I cannot wait for Sunday. Uh, like what's going to happen? It, this is like killing me. That was the entire season for, uh, for season four of Better Call Saul. And that's, we still have another whole one to go. So uh, it is really, really incredible television. Okay, I'll check it out. I'll I'll hit you up with my review. Maybe maybe next time we talk, uh, when when the lightning are hopefully uh, you know have three peated right. Um, so I, I want to go back. You you talked a little bit about your story about how you got here about high school and, and writing and kind of honing your craft. Um, w would you tell me a little bit more about how how you did get here? You know, if if you're talking, or if you're yeah, if you're talking to a younger version of yourself. Or somebody who's saying, "Hey, I, I want to go in this direction." What are you? What are you saying to them? It's funny because I actually did speak to like a, a college kid yesterday who asked me for advice, and um, and like the biggest thing that I've always told people when they ask for advice is like the thing that that got me or helped me most get to where I am now is that, that um. You know, I was not afraid to take a non-traditional route, I guess, like given the time where I graduated college, like like, uh, like 
you know, the usual route was, okay, get a job at a, at a smaller market newspaper or a smaller market TV station. And like, you know, it may not, you may not be doing the stories that you, you really want to do, but like, you're going to cut your teeth and you're going to build up some experience, build up a por portfolio. Um, and then you can get the job that you want. And when I was in school, like, like I'm the kind of person that, um, you know, if I'm not interested or I'm not passionate about something, you're going to know because the work is going to suffer and I'm not going to be giving my best effort. You know, that's a potentially like a, a flaw of mine is that like, you know, if I'm not totally invested, you're going to be able to, to sniff it out. And um, so what I did was like, you know, I did internships where I worked for newspapers and I worked for TV stations. And the closer I got to that, it was, I could like kind of smelled out like, people were jaded and they weren't really appreciative and it um you know they were just like tired and kind of miserable and i was like i don't want to do that like i don't want to be at that place i don't want to be burned out to the point where like i'm really not enjoying the thing that i've always wanted to do uh like i've always said that if i if i get to a point where i'm not enjoying sports because i work in sports then I'll quit and do something else because sports have, has always been so important to me. Uh, and it's always been like my biggest passion that if I lose that, it's not worth it for me to be working in sports. Um, so what I did when I was coming up, instead of doing the, you know, the, the newspaper thing or the traditional TV thing, um, I started a blog and I wrote about, I wrote about like the sports and stories that I cared about every single day for about three years in college. And I did that instead of like the clubs or the school newspaper, because that's what I cared about most. And that's the stuff that I want to write about. And that was where I think that I was doing my best work. And in doing that, in the three years of college, like I feel like I was able to develop a voice and be able to be comfortable writing with a sense of personality more than I ever would have been in like a traditional job because I would have had those constraints and, you know, newspaper would have said, well, this isn't the way that it's done. Like this is, you know, you, you got to gotta like follow a formula and things like that. So the three years that I spent doing it on my own at college, I think was more valuable than anything that I had learned at school and just like learning the trade, making connections in the space, how to clip highlights and post them on Twitter to grow my socials and like add value to the stories that I'm writing digitally, um, learning how to podcast on my own. All of that stuff was way more valuable than anything that I learned in a classroom. So like my biggest piece of advice is always just to get your hands dirty. And if you want to do something and if you have an idea, just do it. It doesn't matter if it stinks because you know, at the beginning, nobody's probably going to read or listen or watch it. There's going to be very limited numbers anyway. And the value that you're going to get out of just trying it and learning it and getting more comfortable with the reps is way more valuable than anything that you can do in like an established platform um, because you're going to have that freedom to fail and that freedom to grow. Okay, but does your mom still like hype you up? Like you, you said nobody's gonna read or listen to it. But did like did your parents or well, your family mom, like did she like like read every word that you wrote and like comment on it yeah. and say like hey I oh I really like this or you know hey hey babe you're doing really good at this thing. Oh yeah, my mom was always my biggest fan, and like she, she, she was reading every single thing despite the fact that she did not. She would was the best at faking interest and uh and like i don't even want to say that she was faking interest because she was interested because she was my biggest fan and um like it 
I mean, like that was probably half of my views for so long was just my mom and like her sending it to all her friends, even though she didn't care. Like she, she had much different interests than sports, but she just wanted to support me. So, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, when the views were small, I, at least I had to, I was able to talk about it with my mom. Yeah, there you go. Mom, moms are always, uh, yeah. Number one fans and out there to hype you up and make you feel like a million bucks. Right. Um, Okay, well, we're getting into the final countdown. What is your happy Gilmore-esque happy place? I mean, it's it's either uh, like on my porch watching TV, uh, like with a beer. Uh, like I have an outdoor uh, outdoor TV set up where like when hockey was in the bubble and the playoffs were during the summer, it was the best because I could just set up on the porch, uh, like kick my feet up and watch uh, uh, hockey out on the porch on a summer night. And that was the best. Um, and outside of that, I would say um, probably I like I like video games. So like just in a dark room uh, playing video games, uh, whether it's with my friends or just playing like a story mode, like video games have always been like a source of comfort and uh, like a big passion for me. Uh, since going back when I was a kid. So it still feels like um, still feels like that's a sort of an oasis for me. Although I will say that video games have gotten a lot sweatier and like kids are out here now trying to make careers and livings playing video games. And but I'm they're here doing just trying it. to unwind after a long day at work and, and like a stressful day. Say again. They're they're doing it like they're not just tr- like people are making no, like they, lots of well, money. Some of from, them. Well, I mean, yeah, not everybody, but there are some people who are like playing and streaming, and they're like they've making more than I am. Oh yeah, I mean it. It's it's absolutely a uh, like a feasible career, but not everybody's making it. But everybody's trying to make it. It seems these days. So I'll like hop into a game casually and. I'll be just trying to unwind after a day and here are all these like 14 year olds who are, have dreams of being a millionaire and they're, you know, you know, they've got like thousand dollar setups and things like that. And they are just running straight through me, giving me a horrible time because they're so much better because they're skipping school and playing all day. So uh, stealing their mom's credit cards and, and uh, buying all like the cheats and uh, like the advanced skins and things like that. But uh, I still very much enjoy video games, despite the fact that I'm trending in the wrong direction in terms of competitive style. Yeah, you like it, it's kind of like your athletic career, right? You you kind of already yes. peaked, and then it's like you know maybe you'll ha- start commenting on on video games now because you're just you maybe can't enjoy hey, them as much. Are on the up, they are on the up. That's that's very true. Um, okay, wait. I also have a, a side question for the porch situation. Uh, a few questions, right? Okay. What kind of beer, front porch or back porch? And well, okay, go ahead. Well, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, w- you don't have to tell me exactly where you are, but like, where ish are you to where, like, I want to like visualize, like, why is this such a happy place? Uh, so I misspoke. It's a deck. It's a back deck. Oh, okay, uh, back deck. Okay, so it's, it's a back deck. Um, and I, it depends on. The time of year, the the mood uh, determines the beer. Like I'm a big beer guy. I'm like kind of all over the place, and I'll I I can enjoy a whole lot of different things. I know there are like some people that will only drink a certain beer all the time. I'm not like that. I'm I'm not like a beer snob, but I'm open to 
pretty much uh, trying anything. Um, and so I'm in, I'm in the New England area. Uh, I'm in the, I'm in Boston. Um, and so that, if that helps you visualize, like I, it's the, the, the back deck situation that I've got, like a, it's enclosed. Like it's not, it's not like, um, it's not in the middle of nowhere or anything, but like, it's quiet and it's nice and there's like trees. And so it's very calming and it's just like a perfect way to unwind. And if the weather is nice enough to be out there, given the fact that I know that you're in Florida, um, like you have nice weather pretty much all year round, you can take advantage of it or you can take it for granted. I cannot because I'm in the Boston area. So when like it's the summer or like the good part of fall and I'm out there and I'm able to enjoy it, I kind of have to soak it up all as much as I can and, and appreciate it as much as I can because I know that the winter is coming and the winter is going to be brutal. Yeah, I for sure take it for granted to live in Florida. But also that does uh, paint a much better picture. I can I can like visualize that now and I can see why that would be a happy place. Uh, okay, again, I know we're on tangents, but I just have to ask you, what's the best story game that you've played recently? Like video game. Best story game that yeah, I've yeah. played a uh, video game. Um, I think it, it's how recently were we talking? So uh, I haven't done a whole lot of story games Super recently, but I would say like the two that stand out to me, Red Dead Redemption 2 is probably my favorite video game of all time. Uh, that came out, I want to say like five years ago, and I have replayed it a couple of times since then. Um, and I never go back and replay story games that I've already finished. Red Dead just has like an open world and like depth that I've never seen in a video game before. And then uh, pretty recently, about a year ago, I, I played um, The Last of Us 2, and that was an interesting experience because I thought the game was beautiful and the story was great. Um, but, but I, I did not like, I wouldn't say that I enjoyed playing it because it was so stressful and so tense and so depressing that, uh, it was almost like exhausting to play that game, but I do appreciate it from like an art standpoint. It was a beautifully done game at one game of the year. Um, and I think that it was deserving of that. But man, as somebody who uses video games to unwind most of the time, that did not feel like unwinding. It felt like throwing more depressing crap on my plate. And it was tough to deal with. No, for sure. That game like makes you question life in a way that I don't yes. think you always do. Or that like games in that capacity, like you're saying, like a lot of times you play games to unwind. Um, yeah, I don't think a lot of games push you to to think about humanity and question humanity and question motives as much as, or as I've ever seen as yeah, the last of us too. It again, beautiful. Agree with you on everything that you said. It's a, it's a very beautiful game. It is a very intense, emotionally wrecking. Maybe that's the word I would yes. say. Like it yes. wrecks you. Uh, game. And like, and on like a day-to-day -day basis where we're living in now, it's like, there's a lot of dread and a lot of like fear mongering and a lot of like, um you know existential dread again and so like if you if you're trying to escape that to to go play video games this is not the game for you because this sort of like makes you wonder it's like well how far away are we from this being our reality in in uh and that's not a good place to be no. especially when the uh the subject matter is so heavy yeah for sure for sure it's uh 
yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure in some ways like cathartic, you know, with like COVID and everything and like made people feel like, oh, this is, I feel seen, but also again, like, you know, there's, it's been a long few years and, uh, that was, yeah, it it wrecks you for sure. Okay. Mm. Moving off the happy place. (laughs) <laughs> that we kind of just that described. That's where we ended up when we were talking about my happy place. It's just like the most dreadful, <laughs> depressing thing that I could possibly think of. I'm going to blame that on you. <laughs> Although I'm the one asking the question, so probably my fault. Um, I'm the one answering them, so I got us there. I'll take the blame for that. If the Tampa Bay Lightning was a person, one person that you were describing, how would you describe them? Oh, man. Um, Wow. Uh, I would say like very, very structurally um, like appealing. Like they have like a great jawline. They've got sharp features. Um, a lot of just like uh, traditionally appealing features, I guess, because you look at, at how they're built and like they've got the superstar forwards. They've got like the Norris caliber defenseman on the blue line. They've got the Vezina caliber goaltender. They've got like all the pieces that you want to build like this prototypical contender. Um, so if, if we're tr- translating that into like a human form, I think that like things that are generally accepted as like being attractive or desirable, that's what the person would have. Okay. The final question. What is something uh, maybe outside of work that has brought you some joy this week? Um, outside of work, uh, I did, um, hmm. Oh, well, here's an interesting one. I've been getting into baths lately. Um, wait, say, say this I, again. So I just, like, wait, no, I need you to sit baths. in a water bath. Okay. Sitting in the water in a bath. I found that very therapeutic and very, um, a great way to decompress. So I just recently moved, uh, into a house and the place that I was staying at before my apartment did not have a bathtub so i haven't had a bathtub for a few years and i was i've never been a bath person and i was like okay since i have this maybe i'll see if it it like strikes my fancy a little bit i've invested in bath bombs i got like um like a bath caddy that goes across the tub and i set up my ipad and i watch like shows and i light a candle and sometimes i'll play some music uh and it is extremely therapeutic and relaxing to do that and now I think that's my new thing. So uh, I had a tough day earlier this week, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a bath. And it completely turned my day around, so I am fully all in on baths now. I think women have been saying this for years, and I'm, like, yeah. happy that men are finally picking up on it. Baths, especially where you are located, like, in Florida, it, like, sometimes it's like, ah, oh, this is hot. But mm. when I lived in Columbus— I took a bath almost every day. It, it's amazing. Like it's cold outside and you're like, I just need something. And that it like a hundred percent, a hundred percent like retweet all of it. Baths are life changing. Also like props to you for going all in with the caddy, with the candle, the music, like that's like, so that's a lot of stuff. Something about me is that like when I decide that I'm getting into something, I will like fully dive in and, sometimes that's great because it it gives me the full experience. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. I'm in on this. Like the bath thing. I was like, okay, I have, this is awesome. And I don't know if I would have gotten there if I hadn't fully dove in and not like literally don't dive into your bathtub. It's dangerous. Um, But 
uh, a lot of the times I do that. And then I find out that it's, it's, it's really not for me. And I end up spending a bunch of money and I'm like, oh, now I've got all these things that I'm never going to use again. But, um, you know, it's just something that I do. It's like, I fully commit. And if it works out, then great. I'm set. If it doesn't, now I got to have a bunch of crap in my house. That I'm never going to use again. And you well, you also mentioned you, I don't know how recent the house is, but congratulations on being a homeowner. It's a it's a fun and yes. frustrating situation, right? Like yes. having a house is, yeah, it's great because you're like, oh, I can do so many things to my house, but then it's bad because it's like I have yeah, to be the to person, yeah, and, and I and I'm like responsible for doing them or like hiring someone to do them, and that yeah, it's it's a lot. It's it's the best and the worst all in once but uh well thank you so much for your time i uh i really enjoyed talking to you i really appreciate it uh hopefully we can do this again sometime i'm down let's do you're it you're down okay it was definitely a lot of fun to talk to pete so pete thank you so much for coming on the podcast this week and thank you all for listening to valley sports's mic'd up with kaylee Mizell. a special thank you to our national sponsor in southeast toyota visit your local toyota dealers or explore toyota.com today and take advantage of the amazing deals on our full line of vehicles no matter your destination toyota goes with you toyota let's go places Again, be sure to subscribe on Apple and Spotify. I'm Kaylee Mizell. This is Miked Up with Kaylee Mizell, brought to you by International Diamond Center, your local diamond experts since 1981. And I'll catch you guys online.